0: James chapter 1, we'll go back there one more time, how about that? I was going to move on, but people said, no, let's, we got to stay here for a little bit, we're trying to get it, trying to get it all, so we'll try to get it all out of these two little verses we've been working on here. Hallelujah. James chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, y'all have that? Okay, it reads this way, let's read it together, ready, go. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. All right. Father God, today, thank you so much for giving us your precious word. Your word means absolutely everything to me, and I'm believing it means everything to all of us in this place today, Father. Without your word, we wouldn't know how to live. We wouldn't know how to abide. We wouldn't know how to do anything, but thank you for your word that, Jesus said, if we abide in your word and your word abides in us, we can ask you for whatever we want to and we'll have it. Thank you for all the great blessings that are stocked here in the word of God. Your word is a storehouse of blessings and promises, provision for us. And God, today we've decided that we will not live by bread alone, but we will live by every word that proceeds from you, from your very mouth. Today, speak to us from heaven. We, are servants, your children, we look to obey your word. Open our eyes to see your word today, Father, that which you need us to know. Speak things that I've not already heard. God, say to me things that I've not already thought about. God, do things that we've not, uh, not planned. Have your way today in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God! Glory to God! Thank you, gentlemen. Today we're on this uh, part five of this um, little series, Father God, and we've been trying to talk to everybody about the goodness of God. Honey, little God is good all the time. And all the time, God is, good. God is good. Amen. My goal has been to really expose the enemy. The Bible talks about the enemy of our souls, Satan. So there's an enemy to your soul. Enemy to your thinking, your choosing, your feeling. And that enemy is the devil. It's not God. God's not your enemy. Neither am I. Neither is your spouse. Neither is anybody around you. The enemy is the devil. And we're trying to to expose him and uh, set the record straight about, about Father God. Hallelujah. Now, there's a scripture I want you to turn to very quickly. In Psalm number 72, Psalm number 72, uh, verse 18 and 19. I'm hearing that little feedback. Uh, hit, shut the drums off. I think that may be where that's coming from, if that's what we saw the other day. Maybe the same thing. Psalm 72, verse 18 and 19. Y'all have that? Yeah. It says, bless me the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only does What? only does wondrous things, verse 19, and I'll come back. Verse 19, please. And blessed be his glorious name forever. Let the whole earth be filled with his what? Glory. With his glory. Amen and amen. All right, so blessed be his glorious name forever. Let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Whole earth filled with his glory. Now, we, those of you who've been around us for a while, you know when we talk about glory, another way you can, you can picture glory is the manifested goodness of God. Right? So when, when Moses, back in, in the book of uh, uh, Exodus, asked God, God, show me your glory. Right? And God said, hey, you know, I, I got to walk past you. I'm going to show you all my goodness. So we know goodness or the glory is God's manifested goodness. You got it? So when it says, let the whole earth be filled with his glory We could substitute that and say, let the whole earth be filled with his manifested goodness. Okay? His glory. His manifested goodness. So God has glory to show. God has goodness to manifest. Now let's go back to verse 18 and see what it says here. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only does wondrous things. So the whole earth, when it it's manifested with his glory, is because that's all he has to manifest. He only does wondrous. Uh, uh, what, what's, a, what's a common English word for wondrous? How about wonderful? Y'all got all deep. Wonderful. <laughs> wondrous, wonderful. Same, same word. So he only does wonderful things. Right? So that's all God has to offer us is wonderful things. Well, what about when the wrath of God manifests? What about when God has to destroy something? There's something called the law of sowing and reaping. That God set the seed time and harvest law in place at the beginning of creation. He made sure it was reinforced in Genesis 8:22 when he says, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. So when people experience wrath or what the evil things that come on people, because there's some evil that's going to come wicked, rather some wrath is going to come on the wicked, it's because they've sown for it. Right. That's why the Bible tells us, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap it if we faint not. Right? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Galatians 6, verse 7. Whatever man sows, that shall he also reap. He that sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap what? So when you sow the sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. It's a law, so God doesn't have to do anything. It's a law that's been set in motion. But when God does something, he only does wondrous things, which means that you and I operate in the same law of sowing and reaping so we can sow good things and reap good things, but when God, God has the ability and he wants to do it so badly, is go beyond our sowing and reaping. Go beyond our faith. Did y'all catch, y'all understand what I'm saying? It, I mean, he God has the ability to go beyond what you've sown for. I don't know if that excites anybody else but me. Because I, I, know, I know some of the things I'm believing for, my seed hadn't matched it yet. I mean, I'm, I'm building up to that point, but there are some things that God will do that'll go far beyond even my level of faith. Can you say amen to that? Psalm 149, rather Psalm 145 verse 9 says the Lord is good to all. The Lord is good to all. The Lord is good to all. And his tender mercies over all his works. So would sinners also be included in this verse? Yes, Yes, God is good to everybody. Doesn't your Bible say God makes the sun to shine on the just as well as the unjust? He makes the rain to fall on the just as well as the unjust? Am I right about it? So when when the sun shines and the rain falls, those are both good things. See, that's I, I got three Amen. So that means I gotta fix that, because people are walking around thinking that rain could, uh, uh, denotes negativity. The church is giving rain a negative connotation. That well, every little life, you know, every every life, a little rain must fall. You know, we 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 take on the. You know, New Edition, Sunny Days, everybody loves them, but, you know, what's that John, Johnny, Johnny Gill? Can You Stand the Rain? And be- people make rain negative. Come on, you know it in church, you've heard preachers preach and people talk that rain is negative. But rain in the scripture is never negative. Rain is always good. So so when it says that he reigns on the just as well as the unjust, it means he shows goodness to the just as well as the unjust. See, we got to kill these myths that we have, these, these, these misconceptions about God and his kingdom, because if we don't, we'll accept too many negative things in our lives as normal, as God is doing something, as God is, you know, God is working on me, and God's not doing that. He only does wondrous things. The Lord is good to all. Say he's good to me. Ask an is God good to you? Well, you gotta be. If you're part of all, then he's good to you. Well, God ain't been good to me. No, 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 no. I could pull up Jeremiah 17, verses verses 5 through 8, where the Bible talks about that one. Put up up Jeremiah 17, verse 6. Put up Jeremiah 17, verse 6. Look at what it says here. This verse 5 talks about the man who trusts in man. Look at verse 6. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes. So that man who, that person who's trusting in man, trusting in President Biden, trusting in the government, trusting in Ron DeSantis, trusting in whoever, 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 trusting in their job, when you're trusting in yourself, you won't see when good comes. God is good to all. And the reason you're not seeing it is because you're not trusting and looking to him. But good is coming your way all the time. God is good and all the time. Come on, it can't just be a cliche in our minds, ladies and gentlemen. God is good all the time. All the time. All I expect is good. Only thing coming to my life is good. Only thing ever going to happen to me is good. But why do bad things happen to good people? Why you need to... Ask, answer this here from the scriptures here what tell me what bad thing happened to you well so and so and so, and so what well, did God do that because Joseph told his brothers what you meant for evil God turned it for good so if something evil happened to you it's not God y'all got it y'all getting it so far here all right, so let's go back to James chapter 1. Let's breeze through the review here. James, he's, we, we've been looking at uh, verse 2 and 3, how James starts the letter. He says, count it all joy, brethren, verse 2, when you, count it all, when you fall into various trials. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. How many of y'all have ever fallen into a trial? Yes. That means something happened in your life, okay? The trial came on you. You fell into it, all right? But he says, get happy about it, rejoice, sing, shout, dance, leap, Running, leap, praise God, hallelujah, shout, jump around the house, shout out the window like a, just put your head out like a dog, hallelujah, I'm going through something. What does it mean, count it all joy? Well, I'm going through something. Well, count it all joy. You know why? Because the trial, how many of y'all believers in here? The trial is not more powerful than you. Remember, we've been looking at that First, First Corinthians ten thirteen. That God will not allow you to be tried more than you're able to handle. Right? Oh God. So if the trial comes on, you celebrate. Because what's going to happen is go go here to James chapter one and verse twelve. Then go to James chapter one verse twelve. James chapter one verse twelve. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 12. Praise God. Can y'all find that? Blesses is the man who endures. Let me just read it. Let me just quote it. Blesses is the man who endures temptation. That temptation is the same word as trial in verse 2. So the reason why I count it all joy, the reason why I get excited is because when I come out of it, there's a blessing. Y'all missed it. It says blessed. You know what blessed means? blessed means empowered to prosper. That means when I go through this trial, there's a promotion on the other side of this. Come on, Hebrew boys. When those three Hebrew boys went through that trial, Deacon Robert, you're gonna preach that again one day. When they went through that trial, Deacon Robert, they came out of that and they got promoted. When Daniel went through that trial in in the lion's den, Something you went to Potter's house as a slave, went down into the, into the palace, into the prison rally every time he got promoted. So get happy. Oh, okay. No, get happy because something good is on the other side of that trial. Something great on the other side of that trial. Oh, the devil might bring you to it, but God's gonna bring you through it. And when you come through it, something good is coming in your life. Can I get a witness about that? Has anybody ever been through something in your life, and when you came out, there was something good on the other side of that thing? Hallelujah! Oh, you didn't feel like it when you were going through it. Come on, tell the truth. You don't feel like it when you're going through. It. You don't. You're not feeling all happy and cheery and joy. But you got okay. I got. I'm gonna get my joy this morning. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. I'm gonna praise you anyhow. I'm going I'm, I'm. I'll get a yet praise going yet praise the Lord in all this affliction I'm going to yet praise the Lord I'm going to eke out a praise hallelujah Lord I don't feel like it but I'm going to praise you because I know that you're going to bring me through this you're going to make a way of escape and when I come out there's a blessing waiting for me hallelujah glory to God so blessed is the man who endures temptation but when he is approved he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him Crown of life, think about a wreath. You know, they're getting ready for the Olympics. And back in the original Olympics, they used to give out these, these wreaths, the crowns. It's a, it's a victor's crown. When you win, you get a victor's crown. So every time you come through a trial, you get a victor's crown. Not just one. See, it, he, he didn't say, bless the man who endures temptation for when he goes to heaven, he'll receive the crown of life. Y'all missed it. See, we've been thinking about, well, when I get to heaven, I've gone through all my rough time, struggling, straining, toiling on my way home, and when it's all is over, I'm going to get to heaven and get a crown of life. No, he said you're going to get the crown here when you've been approved. When you triumph, you're going to endure temptation. Because when you get to heaven, the Bible says that you and I are going to lay all our crowns down at his feet. You want to have to have some crowns. Lord, I've been through this, but I got a crown out of it. Lord, I went through hell and high water that that year, and I... I went through COVID-19 and I, I stayed and I lost my job, but I kept my joy and my husband walked out and my wife walked out and I still got my joy. And God, here's my crown for that and my crown for this and here's my crown for that one. And here's my crown for that one. I wish I had somebody say amen. Hallelujah. We're going to lay down many crowns at his feet. We're going to lay down many crowns at his feet. Hallelujah chapter 1, 2, 3 and you'll see all of the the seven churches there in Asia and each time he'll tell them hey bless are you if you endure all the ones who overcome I'm going to give you something you're going to get a white stone you're going to get your name in the Lord I'm going to bless you with some every time when you go through well I don't want to go through well die that's your other option In this world, you will have tribulations. Get used to it. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Hallelujah. You can bear up under it. You can bear up under it. You're stronger than you think. Tell your neighbor you're stronger than you think. You got more in you than you really understand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in verse 16, he says, don't be deceived, my beloved brethren. This is the church here. Don't be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So every good gift, we've been on that here. Every good gift and every perfect gift is where? From where? From above. So, I share with you Wednesday night, Hebrews 9-11, Jesus Christ came as the high priest of good things to come. He's the high priest of good things to come. So the high priest sits there in heaven. Jesus Christ is our high priest, eternal high priest, and he's the one that administers good things. Amen? He didn't come to give us bad things, give us rough times and hard times at Ridgemont High. No, God came, Jesus died and went through all he went through to give us good times. I said Good times. Well, God needs me to go through something. No, no, yeah, he needs you to go through it, but he ain't bringing bringing you to it now. You got an enemy who's bringing the things on you, but God will bring you through it every time. Okay? Now, let's look at this word. I looked up good in every, you know, place I could, and that word good just means good. It means everything you can think about that's good. But we focus on this word perfect from the Greek word teleos, which means brought to its end, finished, wanting nothing necessary to completeness, right? Yes. So that word perfect, we saw him describe it back in verse four of this same chapter when he said, let patience have his perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. King James, whole and entire, lacking nothing, right? So we know what perfect means, Perfect then means lacking nothing. So every good gift and every gift that lacks nothing, every perfect gift comes from above. Which then, if we understand that verse, we could, we could extrapolate from that, that if it's not good or it's not perfect, it's not from above. We can also extrapolate and conclude then that if it's not from above, there's no way it's good and no way it's perfect. Even if it looks like it. That's why I said, do not be deceived. Because things can look good and not be good. Things can look perfect and not be perfect. Oh, this is the perfect house. Oh, this boy that, that's that's a good husband or a good wife, or whatever you all these things people say. But that's because it looks it does not mean that it is. You can go digging and find out some stuff. You can go digging and discover some stuff. I always tell people, couples, when I'm going through, taking them through premarital counseling. I talk to them all the time, and I really try to encourage them and tell them, hey, listen, listen, enjoy what you have now. And, uh, and uh, you know, I want you to really, really, really make a commitment to love each other. And uh, see, right now, while you're dating, I tell them this I tell them, you can date the rest of your life, you know, go out to eat and have fun. You can move in together. Now, I don't tell them to move in together. I'm saying this is a scenario. You can move in together and shack up your whole life. Y'all know what shacking is? Is Shaq still a thing? Yes, it's still a thing. But I mean, is it biblical or, or is the church just making that up? It's biblical, right? Romans 13, 13. It's, it's, act, it's in the Bible. It's called chambering. So, so yes, it's called chambering in the King James. So you can do all that and have fun your whole life and the devil will never bother you. Because, because you're not in covenant. You're not, you don't have any kind of power. There's no, there's no agreement power that's even possible to you because you're just together. But the moment you say, I do. I'll come over here. The moment you say, I do. We got a marriage weekend coming up. I just want to tell you. The moment you say, I do. You now have this unseen enemy, this adversary, of the devil, who's going to come at you and, and, I mean, just draw all kind of foolishness into your lives. Now, one of the things that happens is, in the natural, is when you're dating, everything the person does is cute. Everything they do is cute. Everything Everything is normal. It's like, wow, that's that's just cute. I mean, flatulence is cute. (laughs) You fell asleep in the car. (laughs) But as soon as you say, I do, all of a sudden, those things, all of a sudden, your eyes are open. Does your breath really smell like that? Wow. How, how did I miss that all this time? Yo Is that natural? Is that? <laughs> When the devil starts to get in there, he'll have you start digging for stuff. Yes. Start you call, you call it start noticing. No it's called noticing, as you call it noticing. But what really the devil have you start digging? And now you start questioning everything, and looking sideways about everything. And you find out the person that you thought was so good and so perfect, you found out all these imperfections, all these flaws, all these little oh I know wow. Have you always had that? <laughs> now that's that's no no reason to divorce them. There's no reason to leave them, no reason to fight. Get your soul together. Because you don't want to have your nose wide open before then, Eyes wide shut before then, that's you. Nose wide open, eyes wide shut. Other people trying to tell you what that would. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now that's just a sort of a comic illustration of things in this world, anything man-made will always be short of perfect. So that's why James is telling us here that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above that you have to get from above what you need. Since we're talking about marriage, if it's a husband, you can get a husband from above. You mean God's going to send me a a husband down out of heaven? No, not going to come out of heaven, but it's going to be the one he sent. The wife is going to be the one he sent. The Bible says in Proverbs that houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. So that means, listen, guys, how many single men do I have here? Single men, single men. That means the Lord knows how to send you the prudent wife. She's from the Lord. (laughs) Hello, somebody. I said, hello, somebody. She's from the Lord. Now, you might find her in the grocery store, you might find her in church, but that's because God sent her. It means you don't go by the external only. Let me straighten that out. Only. Don't, don't go by the external only. Because the external does mean something. The external does mean a little something. Man looks on the outward appearance. That's he does. Right? So, so God knows how to send you the right house, See, you go find a house that looks that is, this is this perfect house for me. And you don't know what's behind those walls and under that slab of concrete. <laughs> you don't know the neighbors next door. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? See, uh, thank you, Lord. What, what I'm trying to do is, is get us to step out of the natural. See, we've been so accustomed to doing everything naturally by our own thinking, by our own reasoning. We calculate what's going to be good and what's perfect. We have our own. And the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above. Now, you can settle for something less. Notice I said you can settle. That's right, LaWanda. You can settle for something less, and it'll be all right for a little while. But eventually, it'll start fragmenting. You'll start, you'll start having regrets. I'm going to sell this house. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trade this car in. But what you do with a spouse? You can't just trade in spouses. All right, let me come back here. Are you following what I'm saying? See? So we got to practice this in every area of our lives. Hearing from God, being led of the Spirit, y'all got it. In Romans twelve two, let me let me hurry up here. Romans twelve two, the Bible says, "Be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God." So don't be conformed to the world. Don't go with the world system. Don't go with the world's way of thinking, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That means change your mind from following the dictates of your own heart, of your own flesh, and being led by the Spirit. Okay? Because when you're led by the Spirit, then you'll be able to prove, show off, manifest what is that good that. My wife and I looked at this the other day because because there are people, you know, famous preachers we know who, I mean, ones I love dearly, who who were teaching this, you know, Good or, or, and I told my wife, I said, we gotta, we gotta take what we can, camp what we can from that stuff. You have to leave it because we gotta go with what the Bible says. Because he didn't say those, he said that. That implies one. That will. So if we would take out, take out those adjectives, we could just say that will of God, right? That will of God. So we know it's only one will, and it is good, and it is acceptable and it is perfect. Three, three, three attributes to it there, but it's one will. And see, if you're in church, like we were in church and raised kind of like, well, there's God's good or you can get it acceptable. So it's like if you, well, I, I got married, but I married, you know, the person I married wasn't the perfect will for God. But I, I, it, was, it was acceptable because, you know, well, that's not, that's not how it works. See, you, you do stuff like that and you'll accept a lot of stuff that's that's you calling good or you calling acceptable. Well, you know, God didn't really that ain't God's perfect will for me to, you know, have this kind of situation, but you know, it's it's all right. Well, first of all, who which which human being on this planet has the authority to define what's good, acceptable, and perfect? If we're going to say there's an or, you got to be able to define each of them and let me know what, what level I hit. What level did I hit on this one? In your opinion. See, there's not more than one. There's one. And so whatever I'm going to do or whatever I'm going to have, I need to get it from God. Just helping three people. If I, I'm in three, one, two, three. Okay, I, I'll keep preaching in. If this is not helping nobody, I'll quit. OK, you know one of the reasons I preach alone? Because people fold their arms like they ain't listening. <laughs> you know, I'm going to just keep on preaching then. Not, not that every arm fold is like that, but what I'm saying, because I, I get the arm fold in the faces. Because I fold my arms too when I'm listening. I'm, I'm engaged. I'm, but there's a, there's a difference when you get to give me that face. like. <laughs> so so I keep preaching. Because I know there ain't nothing but a devil trying to stop me from preaching. Because whoever that person may be, you don't want it, but somebody else out here wants it. <laughs> somebody had enough of being sick and tired and broke and struggling and strained and going through somebody want to be free somebody wants to be blessed somebody wants to prosper man and everything we've ever done didn't work so I'm going to stop going that way I'm going to start going this way over here I'm going to start going this way y'all got it alright so I want to I know what's God's good except the perfect will can I review a little more 1 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16. 1 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16. Hallelujah. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Remember, we're trying to get things from God here, right? The natural man doesn't receive them. They they don't don't receive the wisdom of God, the instruction of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So I'm teaching you here, the things that come from God must be spiritually discerned. What, are dis- what, is, what, is, what does discern mean? Discern means to differentiate, to, to distinguish, to know something, to understand the difference between something. Everything that glitters is not gold. Everything that shines isn't silver. i got to be able to, to really do a test, a, what they call a litmus test. i got to know what's really from God and what's not from God. Now, I only do that by the Spirit because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual, how many spiritual people do I have in here? He who is spiritual does what? Does what again? Remember I told you that Wednesday night. So your job as a spiritual person is to judge all things. Don't just buy everything. Don't just do everything. Don't, don't just sign up to go somewhere. Don't, don't just go on vacation because you want to go there. Y'all missed that. Don't just go out of town somewhere because you want to go out of town. You better ask the Holy Ghost. Judge it. Come here. You better judge it first. God, is this you? Is this all right for me? Why do bad things happen to good people? Because good people don't judge all things. But if good people would judge all things and discern by the spirit, the good shepherd of Psalm 23 will lead you beside green into green pastures and still waters. He'll, he'll lead you in the right place. He, he, what did Jesus tell us to pray in Matthew 6? He said, pray this, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So if God's going to lead you, then he's not going to lead you into trials and tribulations and rough times. He's not going to lead you into that. Why do bad things happen to good people because they don't let the Holy Ghost lead them. Don't get mad at me. I've been through it myself too. I've been through situations I shouldn't even been in. Help, somebody help me out. I've been in messes I should not have been in. Let me talk to some half saints. I've been in some situations I should have never been in. Some of y'all super sanctified, Holy Ghost filled saints. You don't you forgot it because you do everything right. But any of y'all have been in some message you should not have been in? How you got there? Because I didn't let the Holy Ghost leave me. It looked right. It looked good. It felt good. So I've got to let, I've got to by the Spirit judge all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Keep going. Verse 16, please verse 16 for who has on the mind of the lord that he may instruct him but we have the mind of christ okay now so i got to judge all things put that back on the screen verse 15 i got to judge all things he who is spiritual judges all things put up john 7:24 please john 7:24 hallelujah glory to god thank you jesus here's the words of jesus do not judge. Do not now. Remember, we're going to judge all things now, right? He says, then, do not judge, Elder Jeff, according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment, or judge with right standing uh, judgment, or judge with uh, judgment that is in line with God's will and God's word. In other words, you have a right. You and I have a righteous standard to judge by. So we judge all things, right. and when we judge, we don't judge based on how it looks, cause looks can be deceiving. That's why you can buy a car. That car looks, boy, it looks good, and you don't know, man. They just went and pressure washed the engine. <laughs> Deacon, Deacon Tyrone got me laughing up there. <laughs> You can you can pressure wash the engine, all the inside parts, man. This thing is immaculate. It is immaculate. You don't know that thing was was in Hurricane Katrina. Every boat underneath is rusted out. Hallelujah. So don't judge according to appearance. That's good right there, boy. That's 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 worth you putting on your refrigerator. Don't judge according to appearance but judge with righteous judgment. Now, this is Jesus telling us to do this, which means you and I can do this. You and I are equipped to make righteous judgments. Well, that's, that's, baby, that does bless me. I'm equipped to make righteous judgments. I can judge by righteous standards. I can say this is right and this is wrong. And the world wants to tell us in the church, if you're going with it, you can't judge, people. You can't judge us. He says, judge. He didn't say don't judge. He said just don't judge according to appearance. Put put the same verse in the, um, the New Living translation, please. The New Living. New Living. New Living. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Look beneath the surface so you can judge correctly. Deacon, I'm going to tell you, if it was up to me, I'm glad, I'm glad for these deacons we got here. I remember when I was buying a car years ago, years ago, I bought that green Pontiac Grand Prix. Remember that car we had? We sold that one, S-O-W-E-D. We sold it. And, uh, but we drove it for a while, paid it off and everything like that. And, uh, but I remember I went to go buy that car, and I don't know nothing, nothing about a car but the radio. <laughs> All I know is, really, in Florida, the air condition comes on and the stereo works. You got me at hello. I'm like. But I had enough sense. Take these deacons with me. Now I know some of y'all women like, that's what women do. Listen, I ain't know nothing but the AC and the stereo. So I said, well, take somebody with me who knows more than I know. They gonna look beneath the surface. <laughs> and when they look beneath the surface, they tell me whether it's good or not. If they had said no, Pastor I ain't the one, I'd have kept on moving. Much as I like that car. See, you gotta have the ability to look beneath the surface on things so you can judge correctly. Why? Because we're not going for uh, uh, less than. We're going for good and perfect. And perfect. That means you don't, you don't receive. <laughs> Hallelujah. You don't, you don't receive everything that comes into your hands. You don't take every offer or every opportunity that comes your way. You got to find out what's good and what's perfect. How much trouble have we gotten in? Well, <laughs> I remember we were broke, boy, broke as a joke. And I, I'm looking at everything, man. I start, I, I call myself, I started selling irons. Y'all know iron, y'all call it iron. Iron, like your iron, like iron your clothes? It's an, it's an iron, but y'all call it iron. I-N-E. <laughs> Tell the truth. Y'all call it iron. You're ironing. What you do? What you doing? No, I'm ironing. Iron. <laughs> What's ironing? It's, it's iron. It's iron. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm doing, boy, I, I order all these irons. They were, they were callers, weren't they? I've become an iron salesman. Now, y- y'all think I'm, talk- I'm talking about a night in 1985. I'm not. This was 2012, 11, 13. No, it's about 12. Yeah. Ooh, it was recent. Yeah. I ordered a bunch of baby shoes. I started selling baby shoes. <laughs> Chris, you laughing too hard. Come on, man. I did. I had baby shoes. I, oh, yeah, I started selling Snugglies. Yeah. This is y'all, pastor. Y'all don't even know this stuff. Well, no, some of y'all might have bought some of those Snugglies from me. You bought, you bought a Snuggly? You did? Snugglies. Y'all like, bless Pastor Dollar Hard. We just gonna buy a Snuggly, chuggy and make it. Yeah. I don't even have no baby, but so I'm gonna buy some baby shoes from the pastor. Lee. did. I had them everywhere, man. I ended up, what? Oh, I started a little business I started? Slipknot. Slipknot. I bought, bought a five gallon bucket of this chemical. I bought mops and brooms and buckets. I'm, I'm going a, I'm a, I'm to now start cleaning people's floors and make it where they don't slip on the floors. Because I saw opportunity. Now what's happening? That's me I'm trying to make it. Using the money that we need to use to buy, buy uh, we weren't buying diapers anymore still, I don't think, no. But we, were, we, were, we had to buy food and lights. <laughs> Trying to make it. See? I'm not getting this from God. I'm telling you, I'm not getting this from God. I'm getting this, Huh? Oh, I was buying purses. I sure was. I was buying pur- purses. I sure was. I was. Y'all laughing at me. I was buying purses and selling purses. I remember I was buying all the iPods. I was buying iPods and selling iPods. Boy, y'all pass the hustle. Y'all see, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't lazy. I'm going to do something, to see. But what I was doing was me I wasn't letting the Holy Ghost direct me and by the time I'd had enough I went back and got my, my barber's license back turned on I'm going back in the barber. I'm going back fishing got my license back I'm going back in the shop and I'm doing everything and I couldn't even find a shop that would let me come in there Now I used to have my own shop in this city my name is famous in this city for barbering couldn't find anybody let me barber. What in the world is this? And it's by that time, I had enough. And I'm sitting up before God, and I start crying. I'm boohoo crying. I cried and I yelled at God. I yelled, God, if you were my son, I wouldn't let you be going through all this stuff. And He said nothing. And what I understand now is like, I ain't tell you to do all that stuff. <laughs> that was you. Now you ready to sit back and let me show you how to do this? Let me help you. What else, I didn't do that, I just. I, I bought, I bought a hundred, 200 neckties, I did. I was gonna start, I was gonna start a, a, a tie bar. Y'all gonna say this is all in a matter of a few months. This is, this is not over the course of my life. This is over a few months. Let me, let me just, why y'all laughing? Anybody can attest to that witness that you've done things like that? (laughs) You see, but I gotta, we gotta let God do do this to show us a way. Let me keep going here. Let me keep going. Let's go back to James chapter 1. Because I'm, I'm going to finish this today. I don't think I can go back in this one more, one more service. I don't think. I might have to, though. Well, I got, I got some stories to tell y'all. What, what else I did? did I? I was buying them purses. Some of the purses would come. They would be so stank. I'm like, how, you stank? how people stank about a purse like that? Boy, I, people stink up purses. I was doing everything, man. Because I'm, I'm going to take care of my family. Any man know what I'm talking about? You're going to do what it takes to take care of your family? laughing now? Back in James 1:17, let me show you something here, and we'll we'll, we'll quit here. I think it is. Thank you, Lord. So every good gift and every perfect gift is from above <laughs> and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow turning so we see here it says the gifts that are good and perfect come from above and they come down down not from around from down or they, they come down rather from above so I need to be looking above and let God send things down to me. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to come physically down like, you know, my money is going to float from heaven. No. Or your spouse is going to come down from heaven. No, 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 no. What it means is that person is sent from God. Or that thing, God arranged it. God did it. And there'll be no toil with it. Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow, no toil with it. So whatever God does, there's not going to be a struggle with it. If God does it, you don't have to fight for it. See, in the world, they say anything worth, worth having is worth fighting for. Well, you gotta better make sure that it's really worth it. If you're going to fight for it and get scratched all in your face, you better make sure it's worth fighting for. Because we're, the reality of it is, if it's God, then nothing anybody can do will stop what God's doing in your life. I have to receive it. In the third chapter of John, Jesus said, a man can receive nothing except it comes down from the Father. A man can receive nothing except God give it to him. You see? So look at this here. So the gift in James 1.17 From above comes down from the Father of lights. Father of lights. Everybody say Father of lights. Father of lights. That word light is the Greek word phos, P-H-O-S. Phos, like we get photosynthesis, photos, so forth. It means the light. It means emitted by a lamp. It's a heavenly light such as surrounds angels when they appear on earth. This word phos means anything emitting light, anything emitting light, anything emitting light, a star, or fire, because it is light and sheds light. It means a lamp or a torch. Now, notice here it says the Father of lights. Now, understandably, we could say the sun, the moon, the stars, so on and so forth. That God created those things, and that, that is true. You would not be off base if you say that. But I want you to see the revelation in here. That it says, with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. No variation. Variation means change. Now, I have news for you. If you read the entire Bible, the sun, the moon, the stars, they're going to change. The Bible says the sun shall be turned into darkness. The moon's going to be turning to blood. They're going to change. So this, these lights cannot be in the deeper meaning of it, the sun, the moon, the stars. So let me give you a couple examples here of what we're looking at. Because this word "false" again, means a light emitted by a lamp. It means anything emitting light. It means a fire because it's a light. It means a lamp or a torch. Psalm 119, verse 105 says this. Your word is a lamp to my feet. Come on. And a light to my path. And then the Bible tells me that his word is forever settled in heaven. Am I right about it? Psalm 119, verse 89, right around there. His word is settled in heaven. So we know his word won't change. There's no shadow of turning in the word of God. Jesus! So the word is a lamp to my feet. The word is a light to my path. Y'all got it? Proverbs 6.23. Proverbs 6.23 says, For the commandment is a lamp and the law a light. So we're seeing here that the word of God illuminates things for us. Look one more place. Jeremiah 23, verse 29. Jeremiah 23, verse 29. Here's what the Lord says. Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? So he equates the word of God to fire. So when when the Bible says here that God is the father of lights, I want you to think beyond the sun, the moon, the stars. He's the Father of the Word. Right. Jane, uh, John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And you get all the way down here, down in verse 2, down in verse 14, and He said, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as the only begotten of the Father. So the Word is begotten of the Father. So the Father of Lights, or the Father of the light is the Father of the Word. Yes, sir. Yes sir. yes, sir. Now you gotta catch this because he's telling us where to get all of our help from. From the Father of the Word. So I need to find out and know what's in the Word. Boy, 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 boy some of y'all going to make it, boy. I said, some of y'all going to make it. I don't mean make it like, you know, well, I made it. I mean, no, you're going to make it. Now, look at this here. So God is the, when it says father of the lights, father of lights, some translations will say father of the heavenly lights, the sun, moon, and stars. But He's the creator or the source of those heavenly lights, but he's our father. He's our father. Now, how do we know? Because verse 18 of the same chapter says of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth. The King James somebody out of King James it, it, it might say of his own will he begot us some translators will say he, he he begat that word begat means that, that we were birth or born of him so when he says father of lights not only can we now see that the word was begotten of God We can see in the very next verse that we were begotten of God by that word, that same word of truth. You got to catch this here. So, when it says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, from the Father of lights, he's saying it comes down from your Father. Your Father. He's your father because he begot the word and he begot you through the word. That now makes him your father. So as your father, he wants you and me now instead of looking around for our help is looking up to him for our help. Don't look among yourselves. Look above yourself for all your help. Because anything man does, anything man gives in their best effort will be less than perfect and not that good. Y'all missed that. I said, because anything man does for you at his best will be less than perfect and far from good. How do I know? Because Jesus said in, in Matthew 7, verse 11, he said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more or well, your father in heaven give good things to those who ask him. So you being evil, in other words, at your best, you might come up with something good. Boy, are y'all catching this here? All right, let me show you this, so we'll, we'll we'll quit. James 118. James 118. James 118. Give me that in the passion translation, please. The passion. James 118, the passion. Hallelujah. God was delighted to give us birth by the truth of his infallible word so that we will fulfill his chosen destiny for us and become the favorite ones out of all his creation. So you know God is not talking about the sun and the moon and the stars. You and I are the favorite ones out of all his creation. His masterpieces. Barbara talked the one time about the flagship of his creation. We're the ones who are really on God's mind. It's like when Paul was preaching to the church and he said, he said when, when the Bible says, thou shalt not muzzle the ox and out the corn, he says, do you really think God was talking about oxen when he said that? He said, no, he's talking about the men of God. So God only uses these illustrations to point to you and me, his people. Oh, God's a good God. I said God is a good God in Matthew 5.14 Jesus says this you are the light of the world (laughs) I am he has said in other places as long as I'm in the world I'm the the light that's over in the ninth chapter of John Jesus says as long as I'm in the world I'm the light of the world but he said no here you now you are the light of the world look at Philippians 2.14.15 I think I'll stop there Philippians 2, 14 and 15. He says, do all things without complaining and disputing, without murmuring and complaining, murmuring and arguing. Verse 15, verse 15, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Among who shines? You shine as lights in the world. So when the Bible's saying he's the father of lights, he's our father. We're the lights in the world that shine. And so as the lights that shine in this world, he wants to use you and me to shine brightly, to bless us, make us sparkle, Pour out His abundance on us, so we can sparkle for the whole world to see. We shine as lights in the world. Let the world keep getting their less than good, less than perfect things. But as far as you and you and I, as far as we're concerned, let's get as good and perfect. Let's have God's best in our lives. Amen. Y'all receive that today. Well, give God a praise if you know it, if you receive it, if you're thankful for it. Glory to God. Come on, give God glory for that word today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God wants us to start walking in all of his goodness and all his glory and all his majesty and all the wonderful things God has for us to bless us and pour out prosperity and abundance to lavish his good things on us so that we can really shine bright as light in the world. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, today thank you so much for blessing us. And thank you so much, Lord, for your desire, your plan, your will to bless us and prosper us. We're so thankful to you today, Lord, that God, your hand is upon us and we're always on your mind always and that God you've set aside good things for us your word says eyes haven't seen these natural eyes natural ears haven't heard the things that have been prepared for those of us who love you but Lord you have revealed those things to us by your spirit you've not given us the spirit of the world but we receive your spirit so that we can know the things that have been freely given to us by you our father Thank you, Father, that, God, you did not spare your own son, Jesus, but you gave him up for us all. You said you shall also with him freely give us all things. Today, Lord, we ask you to help us to do as your word says, to discern all things, to judge all things, not by the appearance, but by righteous judgment. That, Lord, we will begin as spirit-filled people to be spirit-led people, that we don't do anything according to the flesh, that we don't just follow our own hearts, our own minds, the dictates of our flesh and do those things that we think are good and right, but we do those things that truly are good and truly are right, that we accept those things that are good and perfect so that we can prove to all mankind What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of you, our Father and our God? Today, bless us. Let us continue to hear your voice. I pray for that person today who says, Lord, I want to follow you, but I I can't hear your voice. I don't know your voice. I pray, Father, that, Lord, they know the scriptures. That if they're one of your sheep, Jesus said that his sheep hear his voice. His sheep know his voice, the voice of a stranger, his sheep don't follow. So Lord, we declare today, we do hear a voice. We do know your voice. We are led by the Spirit. God, lead us into green pastures. Lead us beside still waters. Lead us in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. And even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't fear an evil because we know you're with us. God, lead us out into that place, that wealthy place, that broad place you have for us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. And amen. amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.